0: you for calling love and relations here you'll get couples and singles advice with everything in between brace yourself love and relations does not hold back stay tuned after the beat your host jb and t keep it
1: real raw and raunchy <laughs> chick one two one two bitch
0: hey y'all welcome to another episode of Love and relations thank you guys for listening to our last episode with reek and terry shout out to them we appreciate you guys for coming on i'm t i'm here in the place to be with my co-host jb say hello yo yep. and we have a special guest um and i'm gonna let him introduce himself and then i'm gonna get into why i want to talk about this fabulous subject so guests please introduce yourself
1: Hi, my name is Pascal Michelle. Um, all my friends call me PCal.
0: Oh, okay. Hey, PCal. So, we're going to refer to you as PCal. So, you know, this year, 2020, has been such a rough year for so many people, especially people that have been, you know, really affected by COVID 19. So, I wanted to have an episode focused on mental health. And PCal has been kind of like an advocate for mental health on Twitter. And I seen it and I was like, wow, this would be a great guest because he's always talking about, you know, people getting checked and you know his journey so i kind of wanted him to come on and talk about his personal journey and how you know it has flourished because a lot of black men do not go seek help or do not know what's wrong with them for them to actually get like they don't even know how to kind of like get the problem check that because they don't even know what the problem is they have these feelings and they don't even know how to identify them first to actually progress and you know talk about whatever and some people don't even like talking about their feelings like i don't know women i feel like in 2020 women's like my therapist my therapist and my therapist and i'm happy i'm very happy that women are going to see a therapist a lot of women that i know have therapists they're going to see a therapist i plan to eventually go see one just to you know whatever reasons and i think more men men should you know at coming of age should go and i want to talk about PCAL journey because it's so interesting and it's just revolutionary to me i was so intrigued so a couple questions just to have some conversation starters so when did you realize that something wasn't right like basically somebody saying like oh you know just go to the gym and you'll feel you know you'll you'll, it'll diminish your anxiety you know how people tell you like oh these are the things i do to feel Mm -hmm. less anxious when did you realize like those things weren't working for you and actually let's start with like you know what do you I don't want to say deal with or what what you know what I don't want to say what, what were you diagnosed with that's kind of like a harsh thing but like however you want to put it
1: my, what what am my I diag- my diagnosis yeah is? like what are your diagnoses? I'm diagnosed with major depressive disorder uh general anxiety disorder PTSD and inattentive ADHD
0: okay so the first question is, is like when did you start to say like okay regular life things are not working for me because I feel like once somebody says, oh, I'm anxious. Somebody will say like, oh, what I do is I journal. And mm. that, whew, that's the best thing that I can do. And then you're like, wait, I'm trying all these things that people are saying. Or, you know, I'm trying all these things and they're not working. So I think I need to go see somebody. Like when wh- where was that pinnacle point for you?
1: For when I went to go actually take the step?
0: Yeah, like what what was going on in your life where you was like, okay, I'm having these feelings. Mm. What like th- maybe I need to go see somebody. Because I feel like that's the point where people get kind of like, they never get to that point where it's like, mm-hmm. I need to go see somebody. But eventually, when people do go see somebody, it's always like a breaking point mm-hmm. or a, a downer in their life. And they're like, something's wrong. I need to go see somebody.
1: I mean, the point I knew I needed to see somebody wasn't the point I actually started. Um, mm. The point I knew I need to see somebody was around uh, 2009. Uh, my grandma passed away. And ah. I just I couldn't get over it. Mm. Um, but the point when... I actually got help. It was it wasn't my choice. I had a mental breakdown. I was ho- hospitalized for a weekend. Oh wow! So I began medication that Monday.
0: So it's like an involuntary. Yeah, it was
1: involuntary. So
0: who, who admitted you? Your yeah. family? Yeah. Oh wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So do you want to talk about that? Like, not I don't want. I don't want. If you don't want to talk about specifically what happened, just kind of say like they they see like you could generalize it and just say like what happened and it was like okay they seen that I needed to go to the hospital. Mm-hmm yeah
1: um it wasn't that i just i kept having obsessive like i never felt this way before like i like in my life i've always had you know suicidal thoughts um mm-hmm. and you know i've never acted on it but this time i did it was just so overwhelming and when i when the thoughts like entered my head they felt really like real like right it felt like it, it's gonna happen wow you know and i just texted my mom and i was just like hey mommy like uh I was still living with her at the time. I was like, "Mommy, I don't feel well. This is what's going on in my head. Um, they feel really intrusive. I don't want to feel this way." Um, but I just didn't. I didn't want to just tell one person, right? Um, so I just I told my boy, uh, my boy George, and he I actually I think he's the one who actually called the EMS. Wow. Uh, yeah, because uh, he's a volunteer firefighter. So he was just like, my mom didn't. I don't think she did, but he called up immediately. He like he was just like. Um, I don't. He just showed up at the hospital. Actually, wow. Yeah.
0: So somebody called EMS.
1: Yeah, somebody called EMS.
0: And then when they came, was it you weren't combative? You were more like, "Take me. I do need help." Basically, because um, some people are very.
1: I was disappointed. Really? Yeah, because when the thoughts started happening, I was. I was drunk. I was drinking with my my friend. You know. So I, the re- the reason why I told my mom was because I I knew I was getting home at the end of the night. Right. And I was like, "Be sure to check on me." Right, because you, know, you
0: thought that something you were your yourself was you were gonna harm yourself. Like yeah, the thoughts were getting so overwhelming that it was like maybe this something might happen.
1: Yeah, I felt like my brain was like hijacked by plankton or something. Like, wow. <laughs> I just i I didn't feel like I had control anymore.
0: Wow. Yeah. And and is it like a buildup? Is it like you know you're saying that you had suicidal thoughts all your life? Is it like small? Does it start off small and then it's like something triggers you and then it gets bigger or is it just like it's like a little thing in the back of your mind just constantly waving there a little bit if that makes sense what i'm asking
1: um the more stressed i am like the bigger the the more intense the thoughts get like Mm -hmm. if i'm not stressed i don't have them if i'm a little stressed i don't know maybe i'll think i'm not good enough or like i won't apply to a job or like something negative would happen but the more stressed i am the more like it feels like my brain's solution to end pain is to end me.
0: Right. Okay. All right. And then you got hospitalized. So when you got out, was mm-hmm. it, is that when you said, okay, I need to find, did they find a doctor for you or was it like, like, do they release you? And then they say, well, you can come see this person, but eventually you have to find your own doctor.
1: Um, no, I mean, I mean they gave me the option to like choose my own thing, but I stayed, Okay. Um, but I didn't, I didn't believe it. Cause like, I've, I've always been against therapy. <laughs> like, oh. Believe it or not, wow. Um, I'm. I was. I'm. I am a very stubborn person, and I. I got my BA in psychology, so I just. And I was doing my like my uh, masters in psychology, so I was just like,
2: I'm yeah. good. Yeah. yeah.
1: Um, so I was always against it. Um, but that time I just, you know, I lost it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, but here I am. Did you
0: feel like you can conquer it on your own? Like when you say you were against it, was it like oh, I don't need to see somebody? Like I can fight this on my own without? Was it like more like you're against medication or? Beca- against just being so vulnerable that you have to talk to somebody about your problems
1: i thought it was stupid honestly i right. I like when like when i was stu- studying like social psychology and mm-hmm. like how you speak to people and how you ask open-ended questions mm-hmm. you know tr- try to get people to solve their own i was just like that's not gonna work for me you know? oh you
0: thought it was stupid like in your situation okay
3: so you looked into it as far as like, or from what you know from from like school and stuff, so it's more, not more that you don't believe in it in a general sense, or you didn't, but it was just like mm-hmm. applica- as, as it applied to your situation, right? Yeah. yeah
0: okay. Ah, yeah. okay. So then, when you actually started to go to therapy, mm-hmm. what was the kind of like reaction? Then did it change your like? Did it no. change your mind?
1: No, therapy. Honestly, it was during the hospitalization. I so they started me on uh, antidepressants. So it was a very small dose, right? Um and i was on it i was there for 3 days on the s- the 3rd or 2nd day i felt different
0: really yeah so so it's one day after taking the medication maybe Relatively maybe 2 days probably 2 days okay
1: but um and they always say it's going to take 2 weeks so i just i don't know i just feel it immediately mm-hmm. like so i remember sitting at the edge of the bed and my mind was just quiet like there was no racing thoughts i and i don't i don't know how to explain it like it was just peace right and there was nothing there was nothing negative no negative feelings about myself and that was it and i was just like and i felt like that that day then the next day i think that was the day that they were going to release me i met with the psychiatrist and he was like explaining me like you know he's like do you feel this way do you feel that way do you feel like you're worthless do you like i don't don't know he said a whole bunch of stuff and it felt like he was like reading my horoscope or something really
0: (laughs) it was like he was going down every thought that you've ever had for yourself yeah
1: and and it was like not just stuff like that I was dealing with at that time. It was stuff like dealing with, uh, with as a, as a kid, you know. So like as he was naming those stuff, I was just like, all right, whatever. Let me pretend I'm good enough to
0: to go home. To go home, right? But he and, did. You think he read right through you?
1: Yeah, he he did, and he was just like, um, what if I could tell you that all that stuff in your head is, could go away? You know, I like could put you on medication, go through therapy, and with with enough, you know, if you stick with the program, you know, mm-hmm. you'll, you'll you you'll be can good feel one better. day. And I just started crying. Really. Mm-hmm.
0: And then after that, it was more like, okay, was it, 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 did that make you a believer after that session? Because it's like, when you, like, I know how it feels to say like, oh, these things might help, help work for somebody else, but mm-hmm. doesn't work for me. But then when you're actually in the session and he's reading things to you that you've dealt with, mm-hmm. and he's saying like, I can help you. And you, you've actually experienced it because you were taking the medication. You're telling yourself, wow, oh, I do feel different. Mm-hmm. Was it like, wait, this thing actually works?
1: Like um... at that,
0: like. Do you remember thinking at that point, like, maybe this is, I will be changed. Like, I will be, they can yeah, help me. Yeah,
1: I was really excited. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was really excited. Um, and I I felt this, like, this way forever, you know. So, right.
0: So, yeah. going back to childhood, mm. what were, like, now in hindsight, were you, were you thinking, can you remember times where you were feeling a certain way and you were like, wow, that was depression or, wow, that was anxiety. Like, you know, like, I feel like. One thing about mental health is that people feel a a type of way and they can't put a finger on what it is. Mm -hmm. Like somebody will say like, oh, I always feel this funny feeling in my stomach. And it's like, oh, maybe I have stomach problems and it might be actually anxiety that they've Mm -hmm. been having for their whole life. Or or like, oh, you know, sometimes for weeks at a time, I can't get out of the bed. And it's like, I just felt bad that i didn't get that job and it's like you know in hindsight when they do get help it's like maybe i was actually really mm-hmm. depressed you know like what things from childhood can you remember that you're like damn that was me suffering with my mental health like
1: i don't even need to like like pick to, to dig deep i know exactly what it was i went to a all like a mostly white uh high mm-hmm. school um, elementary school in garrison beach brooklyn Mm-hmm. And if you've ever seen Everybody Hates Chris on um, the show is called Brooklyn Beach.
0: Yeah. That was uh,
1: that was my school. He went to PS277. I went to Resurrection, it was down the block.
0: Oh wow. So it, it literally was the school basically the same school.
1: Yeah. It's like the first time I saw that show, I was just like, This is not funny. Right. Like, this, is, this, <laughs> a, this is a real life thing. Like Yeah. And right. then I, I spoke to like my friend Billy about it. And he's like one of my closest friends. And I've known him since I was five. And he was like, uh, I think his dad was in class with Chris Rock, too. It was really weird. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so I got picked on a lot as a kid. Um, I was one of maybe like four black kids in the school in my class. Mm. Um, you know, first time I got called the N-word was I was six during a wow. game of Duck, Duck, Goose. It didn't like offend me because right, I didn't, right, I didn't you know, know what know. it meant. Um, but I remember speaking to my mom about it. Um, and through the years, you know, kids would just pick on me. You know, I was a really quiet kid. I, did, I kept to myself. I was very shy. I, I always got you know most polite that's all like I didn't talk to anybody right just kept to myself um but like kids would in the neighborhood if I went to go visit like a friend or a sleepover you know I would walk to the store and like neighborhood kids would just chase me if they caught me they'd beat me up
2: whoa
1: tie me to a tree shot with paintball guns before like try to hit me with, get me hit with cars it was just yes yeah that's, that's yeah. a lot was, yeah. and in seventh grade so in, and um so that was like it wasn't like always violent like in school like it was more like People picking on me, and like like I remember this kid Anthony spat at me. I remember his mom come came to uh, came to the school to apologize to me, and I'm like I my mom my parents didn't they didn't tell, talk to my parents about it, you know. So like and then in seventh grade I got pulled out of the school. I got like there was a kid in my class, and he actually messaged me this this year on Facebook. Uh, there was a kid in my class who I guess arranged for me to get jumped in the bathroom. So I went to the bathroom um, and. Yeah, I just went to go pee.
0: Wow, regular <laughs> and then things. he,
1: like, you know, signaled for the like, eighth grade. I had to walk past the eighth grade door on the second floor. And I walked past to go to the bathroom. And he, like, signaled all the eighth grade boys to come to the bathroom. And then, like, as soon as I walked in, they all jumped me. Like, the stalls were, like, on the floor. Like, wow. strangled me against the window. Uh, and it ended with, like, a like like I still remember, like, the faces, like, singing. Wow. Down. And it ended with a DDT. And I just was, I was knocked out for, like, an hour.
0: Oh, my God. And then
1: I walked back in class. The teacher was just like, is everything okay? And I just didn't say anything. And my mom, my dad came to pick me up in his truck. And I remember he, like, looked down at me. And he was just like, and my dad was, like, a really, like, tough person. Because, like, I couldn't really come to him about stuff because he was, like, he was a, a old Haitian disciplinarian, you know? Right. So I was just like, and that was, like, the day where that was the day I just couldn't keep it to myself. And I just started crying. Mm-hmm. And then my dad took me out of the school immediately.
0: Mm-hmm. But those are traumas. If Mm -hmm. you dealt with that, you can say that trickles to your
1: absolutely Mm -hmm. right. Mm
0: -hmm. Wow, that's a
3: that's where where is where is Garrison Beach?
1: Um, it's pretty close to Sheep's Head Bay. Right. Mm -hmm. All
3: Right. Just so I know to stay the fuck away. Yeah. There's 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 nothing there. That's the end of. Yeah. That's crazy. That's not shit that you think that you would hear. Like,
0: I mean, just side note, was it just like your parents put you in that school, like just like everybody hate Chris, thinking that you were gonna get a better education? That's it exactly what it was because yeah. my
1: parents, you know, you know, that first generation Haitian. So we lived in Canarsie. and in the nineties, Canarsie wasn't wasn't the schools weren't great,
0: right? Yeah, they weren't.
1: <laughs> you know, so like my neighborhood school was Buildersey, yeah, and no. then my high my my the high school I should have went to would have been what South, South shore? shore, and my right. parents were South like, South Shore was not it. <laughs> <laughs> right, so you are like, sure was yeah. not
0: right, so they're like, let me put you in this good quote unquote good school mm-hmm. and in turn mm-hmm. it kind of
1: messed me up yeah, yeah.
0: because of all the trauma mm-hmm. and things that you've went through and also it's, it's kind of like because of the bullying and the talking down it's like that is real hit, hit hitters in your self-esteem so that can mm-hmm. just really relate to your depression or your anxiety or your self-worth or your suicidal thoughts because they're telling you you're nothing you're nobody you're mm-hmm. this you're that and it can just really go like a downward spiral from Absolutely. there. So what? So when you got out the school mm-hmm. and like you know you went to high school, was it already like these thoughts were screwing?
1: No, um, I was just sad in elementary school. Like I remember, I used to just sit in the like in the parking lot on the floor, just just not play with anybody, just keep to myself. Right, um, but. I don't really, I don't, I don't even really think of it as racist or like like that at the right. time. Right, you just
0: like nobody liked you, like personal kind of thing. Yeah, I didn't think about it. Right. Um,
1: but then I think when I started college, and then that's when I started to realize that people were being racist to me. Like I thought they're just bullying me, just to bully me. Right,
0: but like they, it was you. It was like a yeah, Cal, I don't like him type thing.
1: Yeah. So then I got to college. I went to Old Westbury, mm-hmm. um, and that was like my first time around like a lot of black people. Like I mean, so wait, what,
0: what about what high school did you go to? I went to Xavier. Oh, the all boy school. Yeah,
1: all boy school. Right, and I, there's pockets of black kids. Um, yeah, I didn't yeah. have any issues. I kept to myself too. So I started to make friends then. Then I went to City Tech for a year, mm-hmm. and I made friends there by being quiet. People were just like, "Hey, Dick, that quiet kid, come sit, sit with us." <laughs> right. You know, that time then I went to Old Westbury, and that was. I don't know. Westbury, it felt like an HBC. I, I, I've never right, been It's around. a lot of black. It's a lot of yeah. black
0: people there. Right. All
1: on campus. Yeah. You know. So then I w- I met like one of my best friends, Sean, and his grandmother on Sylvia's in Harlem. Yeah. So his grandma used to like you know send food, and he was like explaining to me what like soul food was, and like as she was like explaining me stuff, I'm just like, that's racist. I'm a, I'm thinking about all the names they called me as a kid. I was like, they call me all these foods, and I but th- I didn't get it at the time because I'm Haitian. And, okay. Uh, right. Okay.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. That's a I, perfect and, example because I, you don't, yeah. I, the, the, the cultural correlation is not clicking mm-hmm. because in your home, they're not fucking calling you griot at, at school. I don't even know what that is. Like, nah. so they're calling you fried chicken and, and collard greens and colored greens or whatever. Fucking I remember they used it. to call me
1: fried chicken. I thought, I thought I was like. I thought they said it because my skin was like the color. I didn't get it. Yeah, like, yeah, Haitian fried chicken doesn't look like. It does not. It's not crispy.
0: It's not crispy. <laughs> We've seen, you, you know we get the fried yeah. yeah. It's like, yes. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So now that you're getting older, mm-hmm. you're starting to realize the traumas that you had when you were young. Mm-hmm. So then when did you start actually saying like, am I like, when did you start to feel like depressed and anxious? Like, when can you actually put a finger on it? Even if you didn't get help, it was mm-hmm. like, wait. I'm doing these things that, you know, society says is depression. Because we all know what depression is, quote, unquote. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, you're sad. You say depression looks like this. You're sad. You know, you're sleeping a lot. You're avoiding likable things, they say. Like, mm-hmm. you know, they have a criteria. If you don't do things that you like for three weeks or mm-hmm. blah, 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 things like that. When can you say you're, like, pointing the finger, like, wait, am I am I going through something? Because you said that, you know, it took you a while to get help, but you started to see the signs mm-hmm. more early, like earlier.
1: The moment I realized it was a lot was, excuse me, um, like I said, when my grandma died. Everything right. changed in my head. Like, it, it sounds stupid, but. No, no. Like, it,
0: everybody has a trigger. Everybody <laughs> has something that starts the downward spiral. I think that, that you can have looming feelings. Like, you can be sad sometimes, and it's like, oh, I can brush it off. Mm-hmm. And then something happens, a big thing happens in your life, and it's like, you can't come back from it. And then you're like, wait, these are the feelings that I have. 20 times more and i feel like when people can't shake things off that's when i think that people realize that they're dealing with something Mm -hmm. because if you're having feelings and you can brush it off the next day or only feel like that for three Mm -hmm. days and come back you don't (laughs) think that you have a problem right Mm -hmm. if you're feeling anxious because you have a new job and then it's like damn you know i did i i let's say you god forbid you lose the job and then for six months you feel anxious it's like okay wow that really triggered my anxiety and i have a problem (laughs) Mm -hmm. i think that's the correlation that people don't really connect together
1: that's that's actually not what i meant that's oh. stupid i that <laughs> what what's actually kind of silly is that um like my favorite rapper growing up was fab right and that's all i listened to
2: Right.
1: so when my grandma died i didn't enjoy his music i couldn't enjoy it anymore because i was like this guy's rapping about nothing and i'm like wow I'm, and i'm like i need something to to hold to connect to you right. know and then i started to listen to a lot of jill budden and like and he's you know very open about depression and stuff so mm-hmm. i started to relate about to all of that. And I started, then I started to, I didn't think therapy, but I just realized that I just really enjoyed wor- working out. So I was working out like five, six days a week, you know, at, at the Padgett Club and I bulked up um, and I just felt, I I didn't notice, I didn't know that working out was good for my mental health until I stopped. Like all once right. I stopped and like, I, I kept it going for years, years. until, my hospitalization and, and then, then in my hospitalization out. i was i was probably like 130 pounds i lost I, I wasn't working out. i was just really stressed out
0: right so you lost a lot of weight mm-hmm. and you weren't working out mm-hmm. so you're starting to see the difference in your mood so you're saying working out all those years kind of kept you at a steady pace
2: mm-hmm.
0: oh that's uh, uh, wow because i don't work out and he always tells me too so i'm so there's more benefits of working out than just looking good you know it actually does what is it it releases endorphins right that's what working out does that's what they say so it was mm. at the happy drug so it helps you kind of feel better so then you said you stopped working out and then that's when you kind of the hospitalization happened you weren't working out do you work out now
1: um i try um uh, but this this is one why, why why this year has been hard you know because yeah, i can't i don't oh you yeah, can't go to the gym yeah, yeah. Right. ah because
0: see that's that's um that's hard for a lot of people because a lot of people go to working out as an outlet mm-hmm. for themselves. Um, now, I think that a one problem that a lot of black men have who do want to see therapists is finding a good therapist. Mm-hmm. How did you go about you recently talked about finding somebody new, liking the person? How, what is oh. the step like you personally that, you know, you know that you have specific things that need to mm-hmm. be tend to. How do you find somebody to tend to those things?
1: I mean, it's not easy. It's really hard, actually, right. um, but there's resources out there. Um, but for me, it's just. I just try to make it as simple as possible. I was like, "There's a hospital. Let me just walk in the hospital." Really? And I just walked in.
0: Do you like? In, um, I don't know. There's a show. This is us. One of the characters, he's black. He's gonna go see a therapist. Mm-hmm. He like interviewed his therapist. Like he had like it was like so, like he was dealing with a white woman therapist, and he's like, "I need somebody to relate to my blackness." So now he's finding a black man mm-hmm. therapist. Like, is it kind of like that where you're like finding people talking to them, and you're like, "This is not a good fit. Let me find somebody else," or is it like more like if this person can deal with? the you know the things that i need to be tended to i'm gonna stick with them
1: i mean i would have probably stick with them but um I, the first time like i said it was given Involuntary, to me right you know um so i did get to meet my therapist my first therapist and she was very helpful she was haitian it, i loved it right you know but it got harder as years go by i lose your job i lost my job mm-hmm. and so i lost my insurance then i got worse Mm-hmm. um then i got my insurance back and then by that time I, I had a new psychiatrist who wasn't the psychiatrist i had before and my new psychiatrist i hate him i can't stand him <laughs> like i do The
3: know white guy huh white guy
1: no nah, he's indian okay is but it just like is, it, is it like
0: uh, in relate like he, he can't relate like what makes him a bad therapist i mean i'm I no remember- shade to him i'm just th- saying that in the in the grand scheme of things, when you're dealing with your mental health, you need to have somebody that's compatible with you. Mm-hmm. So, obviously, he might be a good therapist to somebody else, mm. but what makes him not good for you and your situation?
1: So, I didn't like him when I met him in right. July like mission- of 2018. I did not like him. He was, like, my ther- my uh, psychiatrist boss. And oh. my psychiatrist was really nice. Right. Um, so, when I met him, like, she brought him in the room, and he was just like, I think the day before I got hospitalized or, like, two days before, I had a weed cookie. And... um. I remember I was feeling that way like the day before. Right. And the cookie just calmed me down, you know? So, and mm-hmm. at that time I wasn't smoking, I don't, wasn't smoking weed at all. Right. You know, and he saw it in my blood work and he just, like, he was just came in so judgmental. He was like, tell me, tell me where's the weed. Like, I know you're doing weed. I'm like, I'm not. He's <laughs> saying it like it's heroin. Tell me, where <laughs> the, <laughs> tell with me the where's foot? the coke. Like, He's like, I know you're lying to me. I'm just like, I'm not uh, lying. Like, I'm like, enough, man. And, but I was just like, you know what? This is my, my psychiatrist boss, like uh, whatever. Right. But then I lost my job, lost my insurance and then I I tried so hard to get b- back on insurance and when I did get back on insurance um my therapist my psychiatrist got a new job elsewhere and he was my psychiatrist now.
0: Right. And he just it just didn't click. He
1: was just not um like the medication that I was on um was it was helpful, but I didn't really know the difference. Like I at that time it was amazing, you know, but I didn't he didn't have the conversation about with me about um, what the effects are
0: right the side effects
1: the side effects are and the medication that i was taking um it's not really supposed to be for somebody with blood problems
2: um, oh. and
1: my grandmother died from leukemia right and i've always had issues with my platelets right and the medication he put me on it has it, it can if you take it too long it can give you issues with your bone marrow
0: right so, so basically you, yeah. ha- you can't be on it for a long time yeah
1: so having that conversation with me he kept you know saying he kept saying saying like pushing me to like take it i was like Yo, why do you keep pushing like he kept pushing me to get to get off therapy he's like you're doing well you know you time to move on i'm like why i'm like i'm doing well because i take I mean, this therapy, seriously right like i read books i you know i try to do this I, I i ask questions i research i'm doing well because i this is important to me like my mental health depicts on how, how i how successful i am at work how successful i am with my family mm-hmm. how successful i am with just being me right you know and i just was getting aggravated i was just like why do you keep put like Pushing and then he was just like, oh, you know, this may have this a- effect on your blood. I was like, I've been on this for two years. Why are we having this conversation now?
0: Right, like, why didn't you disclose this yeah. information before?
1: So that's not that's not something that he that he would know by like looking
3: at like your paperwork and you know, hello. And shit. Mm-hmm. So he yeah. just said, so no,
0: no, no." You know what it is. When it comes to medicine, it's like the pros if the benefits outweigh the risks, and at the time. Mm-hmm. When you are going through the mental break, the benefits outweigh the risk. Mm-hmm. But now that you're better, the benefits don't kind of outweigh the risk. I think that's that that's the tricky thing about medicine, unfortunately. But it's like now to switch your medication, mm-hmm. it will be hard because you will have to taper down on one. So it's just a whole, I mean, I'm not agreeing with him mm-hmm. because at the end of the day, you need to make sure that the holistic person is mm-hmm. good. Not just mental health, your 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 you know your mm-hmm. physical health is good yeah. too, but it can be a tricky thing. I, I don't really agree with that, but mm-hmm. I think that he should have just tapered you off of one mm-hmm. and put you on another. That, yeah. That's what should have happened. That's actually the right course of thing because like you said, even when you take a medication for a hundred years, eventually mm-hmm. it starts to, yep. you're going to have to switch eventually, mm-hmm. right?
1: A so I, I little, think, a
0: little, a little medication, a little medical things for you guys. I think okay?
1: medication has to be com- like tailored yes. to you. Yeah. And with him, he honestly, he just seemed burnt out and he <laughs> seemed like he seemed really tired. And like, he had his
0: it, own like, mental like, issues that mm-hmm, he was dealing with.
1: Because I, I used to have conversations. I'm like, you sound like you don't want to like be at work. <laughs> right. You know, and then I, then he called me for an appointment. It was this, it was this year, not too long ago, maybe like two months ago. I was just like, yo, bro, like I'm out, like. Give me my last dose, like my last medication. I'm I'm gonna find in in a new, new psychiatrist. Right. And so then he was like he wasn't nice about it. He was he was he was upset. No, he wasn't being upset. He was just acting acting like a dick.
0: Right. So like, now you found somebody else. Yeah.
1: So then I was just like, I went um to Kings County. Mm-hmm. I wa- I walked in and I saw my friend at the counter and she was just like, Oh, you finally came. I was like, Yeah. Um, then they she set me up with everything. Um I spoke to us. Side- wow, like I like I couldn't get up take action right. to do anything i right. just felt stuck mm-hmm. and so when i was like researching that that's when i said oh you know m- maybe i have adhd or because it, it kept looking like depression adhd right you know so when i was speaking to him about that and like talking about like you know what's in the environment is affecting me i'm like it and honestly it was it was the divisiveness of the country like that was a oh yeah big yeah of issue for me because like a lot of the like a lot of the feelings like i had when i was a kid started to come back right so i started to i started to be home like. Feeling like a kid, because like when like Trump and that's why I'm I'm really happy he's gone. Because like I I like I don't believe I I don't th- I don't believe I don't know if anybody has our good intention, but I I me personally I can't operate in that that right. space. Like, right, it
0: kind of just like especially the I guess the the climate of the country was really mm-hmm. hard on your well being. Obviously, yeah. because. It's, Whatever you dealt with as a kid, it was starting to resurface again with the kinds of people that were showing their face kind of again, very predominantly. So Um, a lot of
1: my, a lot of the kids that I went to elementary school, the white kids I was telling you, they're reaching out to me.
0: To say what? Like apologize?
1: Um, Well, one person did apologize, but um, mostly it was just because I, I I think this is what it was. I was speaking to my friend, Billy, and Billy's like my best, 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 best. He's He's white? Yeah. Okay. I love Billy. Okay. Shout um, out to Billy. <laughs> and it's funny because I had two fr- two best friends growing up, Billy, Billy, and uh, Vinny, and I was really close to both of them. And then when I left school, Billy kept contact. Vinny didn't. Right. Vinny's a huge Trump supporter. Billy is not.
0: Right. I mean, yeah. period. <laughs> like <laughs> period. Right. So so you said that you were with Billy. You were talking to Billy. Or yeah, mm-hmm. and I was
1: talking to him about you know eighth grade, and, and he was just like, I don't remember. I was like, I didn't go to eighth grade with you. And I told him, I got, he's like, I don't, he's like, they never said anything at school. So then I went to Facebook and I was just like, I just told the story. I was like, this is why I left the school. And a lot of the kids, you know, they're adults now. Well, 34, Right. Right. Um, they wrote on, they're like, Oh, I never knew that happened to you. They, a lot of them, you know, reach out to me like privately. They're like, yeah, they just went on. Like you never, you weren't there for seven years. Wow. And you know, they never said anything. And others were like, you know, reaching in to make sure that they didn't do anything racist. Um, others are reaching in to be like, you know, you, you know, you're always really kind. I always thought you were handsome. And I'm like, <laughs> like, I'm like what? you know, because uh, <laughs> the age of
3: people getting uh, canceled for past action. So right niggas try to make sure that their
1: records is clear. like, and I'm just... and But one kid, he wrote under the post, he was like... Wait, so
0: you wrote a post about yeah. what happened to you in eighth grade? Mm-hmm. And then people were under it commenting like, was I
2: involved? <laughs> like, stupid.
1: No, one of the kids wrote on the post and he was just like, damn, bro, Ham, sorry that happened to you. And he was like, genuinely like, I'm sorry. Like, right. And I'm like, yo, bro, like, you you started it. Like, <gasps> yeah. And what
2: did he say when he said that?
1: He like he didn't answer right away and then he was just like oh you know i ju- i would never do that i didn't do that and he was like i was bullied in school and i remember him being bullied he was bullied a lot right like other kids
0: so it was just like it was kind of like well yeah. i'm being bullied so yeah. i got somebody else that y'all can bully more than yeah. me oh, yeah he probably wow.
1: just did it to so he, to, he wanted to be friends with them uh, like that was his thing uh, uh, but i was just like yo bro like i don't like i remember you being bullied but i remember you i remember this happened uh, and, right, he and he was just like um i don't remember doing it i apologize if it happened Um, he's like i remember walking to the bathroom that day um and seeing like the doors on the floor uh, but he's like that was just my last day of school and i don't remember anything else And i was like why was that your last day of school
2: right okay okay
1: okay, (laughs) right exactly you were probably expelled when when your father pulled you out he spoke to the school um yeah my dad never really had a conversation with me about the school but he I don't know what he did because he was like my dad does construction. He was building the school's rectory, but he just ceased his business with them and just. Oh, you know. I would have tore that shit up.
0: Right. So, so let's go back to you going to Kings County. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, you're starting your own kind of journey of finding a new therapist. Mm-hmm. You said you said you the intake therapist was yeah. not really your style. Then you found so now so now yeah. that's the therapist that you're seeing. The yeah, the
1: intake therapist was kind of um. So, like, if if you are looking to get into therapy, like. Your intake therapist will probably not be your therapist, right? So I'm kind of, just, I
0: think they're just, from what I know, they just kind of like do like a little small interview yeah. and then pass your information along, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Kind of like just to give the other your prospect therapist mm-hmm. a kind of like overview of what the person that they're taking yeah. on, right? Okay, so you go, so you went to the intake therapist. Intake therapist got all your information. They passed it along to your, you know, predominant therapist, and mm-hmm. now you're and now you meet that person. How did yeah. that go?
1: So when I met my, uh, I met my, I met my therapist, um, last Monday I think, mm-hmm. um, and he was an old Haitian man, mm-hmm. and I was just so happy, you know, because I've never seen a Haitian man like of his age talking about mental health and stuff.
0: Is he like your dad's age or like? Yeah, like, he's
1: like my dad's age. That's wow. what made it wonderful, honestly, because he was just like he understood Haitian culture, Haitian discipline, right, and he was like talking about like mental health I'm like wow. it was just my it just my it heart? felt so it felt so like unreal. unreal like he was a unicorn I was like I was just staring at him like <laughs> he's like he's like talking about like you know he's like oh this is a central nervous stimulant this is whatever this is gonna affect your dopamine blah blah he's like this one's gonna affect your appetite you know I'm just like wow like you're not telling me to pray it away thank like thanks wow <laughs>
0: have you ever had that conversation with your family where they told you to pray it away
1: Oh, all the time. Like. Oh, my gosh.
0: <laughs> I, so I can understand why you're meeting, like, a black Haitian man therapist, and he's actually, like, he knows the facts. He's mm-hmm. not trying to say, like, I'm only doing this because it's my job, but you should be in a way, kind of. Because, like, you know, I feel like when people have the same culture as you, they feel like they kind of can approach you a certain mm-hmm. way. He kind of didn't try to do that with you. It was more like, I know why you're here. Mm-hmm. I know this is real. I know why, you know, you're dealing with these things, and we're going to help you, yeah. basically. Mm-hmm. So you love him.
1: Um, no, no shade. I've only, right? I've only met him. Uh, I've only known for like seven, like seven days. But I, I love him. That guy's amazing.
0: Wow, that's good. So, do you for the therapist? Do they they don't prescribe the medicine? No, they 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 give it to the psychiatrist, and then the psychiatrist prescribe prescribed it. That's how it works. Yep. Okay. So that's. I mean, I'm happy that you you found you you found somebody that clicks with you i think that's one thing that's another hurdle Mm -hmm. for people so now they say dang you know like some people go to therapy for small things like i don't know how to communicate with people i I don't have successful relationships Mm -hmm. now it's like another year where they can actually find somebody that they're compatible with Mm -hmm. and you know i think that one thing that people need to say one thing that you said kind of stuck out to me was that i care about myself so i do the research Mm -hmm. and i think that that's one thing people lack it's Mm -hmm. like oh i i should find a therapist and the therapist is going to fix me Boom." That's it. First therapist, I fine. Like, no, you have to do the research. You mm. have to you have to do the work for the work to work. Yeah. And I think that's one thing that people don't understand.
1: Yeah, I mean, I like therapy. I right. but therapy honestly therapy is not the most helpful thing for me. Right. Like it's it's helpful. Like it is, don't get yeah. me wrong. But like the most helpful thing for me is like to read. Read. Yeah, I like to read like because I
0: books. I mean like just books or books about things that help you, if that makes sense. Like self help books, or you just like to read as a hobby that that helps your mental health. I don't know if I'm i I didn't start
1: reading until I left the hospital. Like I, I could never concentrate. That was one reason. One oh, okay. I, I knew I had the ADHD because like I, I, I would ever since I was a kid, I would just never would read. I couldn't. You couldn't pay keep attention, okay, right? But when I started the antidepressants in 2018, I just didn't have the thoughts anymore. Yeah. So I, I, I still, I still struggled a tiny bit. Right. But I, I could concentrate more. So since then, I read like 40 books right and and that's just that's more way more books than i've read before that
0: so that's just books that you're you just like wow i found a new hobby that i can actually focus yeah. on that i like
1: so when i was reading about like the first book i read was um bell hooks um uh, uh, not bell hooks i did read bell hooks but um uh, all about love mm-hmm. that wasn't the first book um the first book i read was um well as soon as i left the hospital i spoke to my friend valencia and she was like i was like this is what happened to me she was just like um read these books that's all she said read these books and I started reading. I read um, what's it called, Black Pain by Terry Williams. Wow. That book was amazing. I read it like twice, and that's the book that I was just like, that it was mind-boggling. Like that's I find comfort in reading the books because like I'm like somebody else feels exactly the way I feel. Right. You know, and she in the book she's talking about like her relationship with her family, how depression is affecting how she what she does, and I was just like, people feel like this.
0: Right. It's not you only know? me. Like yeah. I'm not an, an anomaly. I'm a, mm-hmm. I'm I'm not somebody that's just i feel this way nobody else does Mm -hmm. other people feel this way too
1: and then i read the road left let's travel by scott peck md i recommend that to anybody it's a little dated with some of the language but it's it's good
0: we're gonna get the list of these books so we can put it out there because i'll definitely read them
1: but yeah and right now i just started
0: i'm a novel girl i just started this book oh Adult children of emotionally immature parents. I've seen this. Maybe you put it up, but this is, I think everybody should read this because I feel like a lot of our, I feel like in all generations, Mm -hmm. but especially ours and like in the nineties, I mean Mm -hmm. like, you know, we were born, you're not born in the nineties, but like nineties kids and eighties kids, people were just having kids. Mm -hmm. My father had me at 21. (laughs) So sometimes when I talk to him, I'm like, bruh, like he's my homeboy. Like he's like, you know, like. At one point in our lives, we're gonna be in the same age group, mm-hmm. so it's like this is. I mean, he's not emotionally immature, but it's a good children. We're having children. Well,
1: don't don't let the title. Yeah, I am still reading. I still it, reading. It. Because it, it, like my mom saw this when she came to visit me, and she just was like, am <laughs> I emotionally like,
0: immature? Right, I I think um but i'm happy that you found so wait so all the books you read are not more like non-fiction like do you is it just like reading no i hero? mean
1: i mean this is what made me realize i like reading i like i have a big appetite for learning you know Good. so i read every i like to read a- i like reading a lot of business books i just i want to read more fiction books because uh, everybody has an opinion i anybody could write a book i just want- oh that's true <laughs>
0: i mean my favorite is like scientific fiction like like the like gone girl she has so many books and like the what is it jillian flynn she those those books like those sci, not not sci-fi what is it called like right. the mystery kind of like mystery books okay. like they're trying to find who who killed the person okay. those are actually very interesting okay that's beside the point one thing that again i really enjoy that you said that you love to basically indulge in yourself and i think that's a big part of being good to yourself when it Mm -hmm. comes to mental health because like i said a lot of people feel like therapy is the answer where they don't have to put in the effort and i think that's a misconception of therapy Mm -hmm. that you just go you talk about your problems and somebody's gonna tell you what to do with your life like hey i'm feeling this way well this is what you need to do to make it better like that's not how therapy works and i feel like that's a big misconception and i feel like people go to therapy and they stop because they feel like it's not working for them but people need to understand that they need to do the work as well. Mm-hmm. So, just as you said, you found a the therapist, you went, but you've indulged in the books, you've researched about your diagnosis, you looked at the medications, you've you know did things on the side where you know that improves your mental health. Mm-hmm. Some people just don't do anything and feel like somebody else is going to fix all their problems. Because I know people that went to therapy and it's like, oh, like you, girl, you the same person. <laughs> I, I, what did the therapy do? Yeah. Because all the things that you that you're, it doesn't it doesn't work.
1: Yeah.
0: Well, therapy doesn't work, quote unquote. And it's like again, you still have to find the right pet therapist too. Mm-hmm.
1: And you have to um have a lot of real talk conversations.
0: Right. You know, with- not hold anything back. Mm-hmm. I think that's another thing. People go and they're like, Oh, I don't want to say this. Like, girl, why are you here? Then like mm-hmm. I don't understand.
1: Yeah. I mean real talk conversation with like family members, friends. Like, oh, yeah. like I had to have a lot of conversation with my my mom and my dad. And that was tough. Like about about, you know, depression and like childhood, cause like like I'm sure we all remember in great detail, you know, something traumatic that happened with our parents as a kid. And you speak to your parents and like this happened. They're like, that never happened." Oh, so, that's mm-hmm. true. That's true. <laughs> that that's... Hap- Yeah, that happened a lot. You know.
0: Right. Ah, oh, yeah. Yeah, you're right.
1: So like, talk. And, and the thing, like, like I've had to have the conversation because like my dad, my mom, they'd be like, you know, this is this didn't happen. You know, we tried. You know, I'm like, I, I'm not mad at you. Right. You know, I love you. You know, you and
0: i think it kind of they feel like they it discredits their um, mm. parenting and it's not yes it's, it's mm. like is it it's not that it's yeah. just that things happen mm-hmm. like you the school thing you made the best decision as an immigrant parent who came from haiti and exactly. felt like you know this neighborhood that i live in is horrible i don't want my son to be like the gangbangers on the mm-hmm. street i'm gonna put him in a better school not knowing that it could be more detrimental for him like mm-hmm. how would he have, like i'm not putting the i'm not saying like oh they're like oh, my gosh, they should have knew. Like, how would they have known?
1: They wouldn't. My dad is really hard on himself about it. And my dad was, like, like my dad was a really uh, disciplinarian, and he was also extremely affectionate. So he would whoop Aww. our ass and then Kiss you. You know, give me kisses and stuff. My mom was just, like, um, she, she showed emotion by, like, cooking me food. Right. Comfort you know, food. And, and, and bathing me or, like, right. Uh, you're no. not an only child. No, I have three sisters.
0: Do they have the same kind um, of trial? Like, are you the first where it was like you were the trial and then they didn't put the <laughs> other ones in those types of schools, or did everybody? Nah, like uh, so
1: hurt? my oldest sister, she nothing happened, nothing really happened to her. She was also in my school, um, but she ended up going to an all girls high school. She never had any incidents, so she, was, she was okay. Um, I my, think
0: when well. That goes to show that, you know, not to discredit women, but women deal with things. Yeah. We don't deal with the same things that men do. Mm. As a black man in a school with white boys, they mm. are intimidated by your presence. Yes. That's, a, that's a very different. Your sister's um, experiences will be mm-hmm. very different from yours. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: I'm not sure if she had issues. She hasn't told me about them, but she made friends with, you know, everybody. Then my younger sister, Sarah, um, she got pulled out of the school when I got pulled out of the school. Right. Um, and then she ended up going to I think Phnom also, so it is a trip. So right, right. <laughs> she okay. didn't make friends with everybody, but well, she didn't. She didn't make friends with all the white kids. Kids, really, she made friends with most of the black kids. Right. that gotcha. like? But I was like, that that was all of that stuff. Like, like really molded me because, like, you know. What I what one thing I did need as a kid was was friends. I didn't have a lot of friends in my neighborhood, right? You know, so I couldn't really speak to anybody about what I was going through in school. My cousins did like they weren't nice to me them because I was a young one. They used to give the the, the controller to that wasn't plugged in, oh. you know, <laughs> you know, so they weren't really nice to me. I couldn't really talk to them about it, right? And then when I was good into going through the bullying in school, like I couldn't really talk to my dad. And I was you know my like I went to summer school for like from third grade to eleventh grade. I was really distracted by everything going on. Wow, and You know, so I would be getting, you know, bullied at school and then at home because I'm not doing well. I'm getting beatings at home. And so it's just I just started to just shut down. Like, that's my thing. Whenever I'm like stressed out and like I just don't talk.
0: Right. I couldn't imagine like being a kid and you're like that, like you're stressed out. It's so crazy because parents would be like, you're a kid. What are you stressed out about? And it's like you can deal with a lot Mm -hmm. as a kid. You have just told us a story and it's like you were in the 8th grade. Imagine like I can't even imagine like you're freaking 12 years old and you're mm-hmm. dealing with that. Like and then it's like parents focus on your kids too because they're they're showing signs, mm-hmm. you know, of things just because they're doing bad in school doesn't mean they're dumb. Mm-hmm. You know, they might be going through something and that that starts to kind of like the spiral of their adulthood trauma mm-hmm. if it's not checked in you know, in childhood, because they took you out the school and they're like, "Oh, you're fine." Like they didn't, you know, nobody thinks like you know. Let me let me make sure he's okay. Yeah, with all the things that he dealt with while he was in that school, mm-hmm. it was like I'm gonna take you out and we're just gonna put you somewhere else and yeah. you're gonna be good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it doesn't work like that. No,
1: that. it completely molded my personality. I'm sorry.
3: Yeah, no, not not even to cut y'all off, but I'm just I was just saying that it's like the generational, like I don't know if gap is the word, but like the change between like our adulthood down and like what our parents dealt with as kids is like completely different. Right. Mm-hmm.
0: We're going to be like the, I, I always say that we're going to be like the um, the revolutionary parents because we've dealt with so much in our lives. Like yeah. from when Them's- we were young, we're going to be like the parents that like that like really are a changing force in our child's life. Like, our children probably, everybody could be the president. Yeah, not, our children. yeah not
3: shitting on our parents or nothing, but no, there's no, the no, times no, no. where, like, they're no. tutoring you and then you don't know the answer and then you just ask for Not
0: even that. Like, my mom is a my mom is a second-generation Haitian and she said that she didn't have any emotional support from any of her parents. So mm. now when it comes to being a parent to me, she she gives emotional support, but, it, but you know, she she did her best. She's, I'm the way I am. People look at me and they're like, oh, your yeah, mom's Haitian? I wouldn't even imagine, but she's a second generation. So she's you. So she, she's gonna be like, how you treat your, your daughter. Yeah. Like me, I can do anything and she's proud of me. Mm-hmm. She can, if I didn't, well, not, not if I didn't want to go to college, but she supports anything that mm-hmm. I do. Her parents didn't support anything that she did. They didn't even, mm-hmm. they didn't even want her to go to college. Like, you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it's like, we're gonna be the ones that's like, like our children are going to be the real like whoa like they're going to be very like their mental health is going to be in check we're going to have conversations with them the things that like they didn't even think about having Mm -hmm. with us like your parents didn't say like oh let me talk to p count and see how his day was Mm -hmm. they're like boy go do your homework (laughs) make sure your homework is done and Mm -hmm. get ready for bed for school tomorrow period they didn't even ask you how school was Mm -hmm. my not knowing that you're gonna beat up in school like you know what i mean like I'm i'm not shading Mm -hmm. your parents i'm just saying that you know it's a it's a it's a real our generation has a, such a real big advantage mm-hmm. because of the the traumas that our parents dealt with, and I'm pretty sure your parents have trauma from oh yeah their like, own. Like,
1: my trauma is honestly is not doesn't really compare it to theirs. It's based right. on the stories that they told me because of my dad, he disciplined me like like was, the the diet version of how he was disciplined. Diet, <laughs> you know exactly.
0: <laughs> so imagine the actual undiet. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's
0: like when you take that little sip of Sprite mm-hmm. from McDonald's. He gave you the little diet Sprite. <laughs> Like, so I'm, 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 I always, I think I had that conversation with somebody. I'm like, our kids, hopefully they will be way better than us because of the, you know, the heightened sense of, um, you know, mental health mm-hmm. and conversation and learning to respect people's boundaries mm-hmm. and all the things that we have been installed in us. Cause I feel like we're the life changing generation. Yeah. People were born in the eighties and people were in the later eighties and people were in the nineties. Mm-hmm. We're the generation who had so much change in our life yeah. in one lifetime that we would be able to be such great parents, mm-hmm. and I think it, like you said, it does start in childhood.
1: Mm-hmm. I'm real. I'm very deliberate on how I treat my daughter. Right. I love my daughter so much, and right. she's such a bright, happy, beautiful girl. And like, I don't know. I'm just, I'm very thankful for her. And I, a lot of the stuff, like whenever she's going through something, I, it, almost all the time, I think, you know, what would have happened at, when I was a kid. You right. know, so I try to be, you know, really kind. I tell her I love her. I tell her she's smart. I tell her she's black and beautiful. Mm-hmm. You know, I tell her all these things about herself and she just repeats it. And, you know, she believes it. She tells me, she tells me to think positive.
0: You oh, know? you got But
1: I talked, but I had to have the conversation with my dad because, you know, me and him had a terrible relationship because, like, following, you know, eighth grade, I he, my dad didn't speak to me, like, in high school. Like, the four years I was in high school, he did not really communicate with me at all because he, mm-hmm. I, he, I, he felt, like, really guilty, like, about it. Like, about
0: what happened in eighth grade mm-hmm.
1: so me and he we didn't really speak at all like he only spoke to me if i had like he had to speak to me or like if i was walking in the house and not saying hi and stuff like that
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know but you know i had to have the conversation with him you know when i got older you know because at some point i was just like you know what this is not happening no more you know what i'm saying and you know like if you wanted me to be something you know when i was a kid you know because like for me like i don't know how it is for like other haitians but like when i wasn't doing well in school i was just told i was worthless and like I'm a disappointment mm. and I was just like I just believed it I was just like all right so I'm not gonna try right. you know so like for me like along with like having like the attention issues I just gave I gave up you know I just went to summer school and you know I talked to talk to my dad and I'm like you know you were a reason why I did this you know because you know I I was doing poorly in school because you you said this to me you know mm. and he just felt really bad about it and I was like look if you want me to be something, just just you know lift me up you know, because like I went to when I went to City Tech, my major was architecture. My dad has a construction company, and I loved architecture. I I can draw. I you know I enjoyed it. Right. I changed my major just so he could stop like talking to me. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And you know, and you know, our relationship now is wonderful. Oh, no, that's But great. it it took a lot of talking. Talking.
0: I think that one thing that I've gotten out of this for real, like the actual Mm -hmm. key to this is to locate your traumas Mm -hmm. and to really have those conversations with those people that have caused you your traumas. Mm -hmm. Because if you do not, no amount of therapy or medication is going to make you fix the root of your problem and make you fix the feelings that the surrounding things have made you feel. Mm -hmm. And I think that's one thing that people need to understand because even just being on Twitter or being on Instagram, you see people saying like, oh, I hate my family. And it's like, why do you think you can't communicate with people you don't even communicate with the people that live in your house Mm -hmm. like that's a big thing like oh i don't know how to show feelings you don't know how to show feelings because your parents have never shown feelings to
2: you Mm
0: -hmm. like those are why you have these horrible habits or these things that you cannot get out of your head or out of your you know out of your comfort zone is because Mm -hmm. of the people that have raised you no shade to them but obviously their traumas have passed down to you but i'm happy that you have realized that the conversations you have with your dad and your mom are going to make you a better person. Mm-hmm. People feel like oh, I don't care about them. Granted, there are people you're going to have conversations with them and they won't change. I'm happy your parents have been receptive.
1: Oh yeah. yeah. Cuz some people Very are thankful. not receptive. Mm-hmm.
0: But you do need to have these conversations with people. I
1: will say this. Um one of the reasons why I w- made the decision to speak publicly about like how I was feeling was because you know when you when I when you do speak to, you know, people close to you, mm-hmm. um it's very don't tell family business um, and it's not this, you know, it's, and I I, just, I, and when I was telling, you know, like my family, you know, and, you know, some of my close friends, you know, how I was feeling. Some were receptive. Some were like, you know, you, that's this is not you. And i was just like this. This is how I'm, I'm telling you how I'm feeling. People right. are like, this is not you. Don't do that. You know, I'm how, like, did,
0: how are they even how was it not you? Like how are you going to say how that I feel is invalid?
1: Yeah, it, I I didn't like that. You know, so I was just like, you know what? the people close to me aren't listening. And if I keep talking to you guys, I'm going to kill myself. Right. Because I do remember how I felt when I got like hospitalized. And it's it's a scary thing to have like a thought in your head and to know like if you had something like more permanent, like you would have done it. Right. You know, I don't want to feel that way. I want to be alive. I love life. You know, I love my daughter, you know, and people do really need to study themselves to find out, you know, what it is. And I don't really think I knew the difference until I start I actually started medication. I'm not saying medication for everybody, right? You know, but I didn't. I didn't really know what the feelings of things were until they were removed,
0: right? Because you, you know. did, it was just so overwhelming yeah. to
1: you. I don't even think I noticed it really. Um, at like when it was happening, but once, like, so when I so when I first started, I, I, they put me on medication for just straight depression, depression, right? Um, Remeron, and it removed like it made me feel like um none of my stressors could touch me like it was a glass wall between me and my stressors i could see them but they can't affect me right but it didn't do anything for my anxiety my well it didn't really do anything for my stress either it just did my depression right
0: so you were just not sad yeah just not
1: not sad right but so like when i started this medication and this one does is for also for anxiety um seasonal affective disorder adhd
0: that's one medication
1: yeah one wow um and now that though, like the medication took those feelings out of me. Mm-hmm. Like, so like, honestly, like the, the, one of the reasons like I'm okay to talk right now is cause like it, I don't have my social anxiety. You know, I've been on like that clubhouse app for like a month and I, st- I, the last three days was like the only times I spoke because the medication kicked in. I just wasn't afraid to speak anymore. Wow. You know, cause like I've, I've always had friends, but I've not,
0: you've been like the quiet. Friends. I've
1: always was the quiet one,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know? So like, you know, I grew up, like I'm, I'm, a, I'm a, I move by myself. Like I have a lot of friends. Like I'm not, like everybody has best friends. And I'm, I'm solo. Like if I, if you see me at a party with like, man, I, I'm always by myself, right. no matter where I go. Right. <laughs> you know, that's me. Right. You know, but you do need to study yourself. And like, uh, th- like for anxiety, like I don't, I don't, honestly, I don't feel afraid of anything. Like this is, we- it's, it's weird. Like the way I feel right now. Right. Like nothing, I feel like if there's a role in, like as far as a job, I can get it. <laughs> I feel like I say anything to anybody. I feel like I can be as successful as I want. Like I don't feel any anxiety right now. That's good. I don't feel any stress. Um, but like for me, it's just combined. Is like my depression makes me make makes me feel like uh, things are worse than they are, or pa- it makes it makes past feelings feel extremely ple- pleasant present. Right. You know. So and then with the ADHD and since i have inattentive adhd i um my i i lose attention for stuff so it it could be for anything it could be when i'm reading a book i lose attention i am not I, i'm not all the Gracia. way there if it's my partner i'm not all the way there if it's my daughter i'm not all the way there if it's whatever it is i'm not all the way there you know and you know it m- together it makes me distracted by depressive thoughts you know right you know
0: so, so it's like one on top of the other, affecting mm-hmm. it's like a pot of things affecting each other,
1: yeah. And now they're both gone. I mean, for now, you know, so I'm thankful
0: that is very insightful. Mm. I'm very happy that you took the steps, yeah. Unfortunately, things had to mm-hmm. happen for you to hit, like, kind of like you know, hit a place yeah. where it needed to mm-hmm. happen, but I'm happy that you know, you found something because yeah. even me working in the because i used to work at king's county so mm-hmm. I, we see like we get traumas i used to work on a trauma floor and you get traumas that people have attempted suicide mm-hmm. and they survive i mean you saved them but mm-hmm. it's like it's kind of like so taboo because mm-hmm. it's like oh like suicide i feel like it's such a taboo thing it's so like why would he kill himself and it's like one person explained it to me in a way my my cousin used to work at a hospital she said a doctor killed himself and it was like it's um Suicidal thoughts or like, you know, going through depression is like, um, it's like cancer that you can't see. It's cancer of the feelings. Mm-hmm. It's eating away at you. It's, it's hurting you. Just like how cancer would. You could just, you could just ex- see cancer. I ex-
1: that's exactly how it is. So it- People
0: don't understand that. So people like people. Yeah. yeah. So she when she explained it like that, I mean, granted, I'm not a judgmental person. Mm-hmm. So I'm very open minded about things. So I was I, I kind of can understand it. But when she said it like that, because she was like, he was a successful doctor. He had everything, family, great job. But he literally like killed himself in the parking lot of the hospital because Mm -hmm. he just couldn't. It was like he literally had cancer of the feelings. Like Mm -hmm. you cannot get over these feelings. You have to do something about it. Mm -hmm. And he did it. And it's just like he was hurting in a way that you can't see. And just because you can't see it, it doesn't mean it's not valid. Yeah. And I think that it kind of took me back because it's like when you see a cancer patient, everybody's sympathetic. Mm -hmm. Everybody.
1: Yeah, people aren't really that... I mean, people are sympathetic when other people are sympathetic, honestly. You yeah. Know? <laughs> That's just what it is. No.
0: no. I think the only... I think that one thing I'm not sympathetic about, I mean, it, it's sad to say, is I feel like when people know they have a problem and they're not doing something to help themselves. Mm-hmm. It's like, if you're feeling horribly, it's like, you be. And I also think that when you're feeling heart beat, you're heart to the people around you. And I feel like if you're not going to do something about it, there's nothing that we can do on the outside. So let's say like at the point in your life where you're like, I'm not going to therapy. I'm not taking meds. It's like the people around you can't do anything to help. Like we can't physically do anything to help you. Mm-hmm. Nothing that I can do can help you stop feeling these ways. Because at, at the end of the day, you need to be going to therapy. You need to be on these medications. <laughs> and I think like that's when it's kind of like you have to do what you have to do. And it's something that I can do. Mm-hmm. And I say I'm not sympathetic, but it's like, what can I do at this point? I think that's hard, too, because people feel like, oh, I'm not going to do anything. I'm just going to try to get over it. It's like you can't. It's
1: not. I mean, it's terrible, honestly, because I don't. If I could swipe out my brain for somebody else, I would do it in a heartbeat, honestly, because it's like when you're in that mode, you it's like you're you have like a filter over your life. You're like every every, all the perceptions are different. You know, I you know, the way I feel. You know, today is night and day the way I felt two weeks ago. The way I, I, like, when I'm really depressed, I think, you know, the people closest to me don't like me, you know? Right. Um, and, like, another thing, when, when I did get hospitalized, I wasn't spending time, like, I stopped hanging out with my friends. I wasn't seeing them anymore. Right. You know, but I didn't really realize it until...
0: You was just hospitalized. Yeah. But, how, like, now that you're getting better and, you know, but you're you're seeing a change. Like, you're seeing a change, like, how you act, how you, you know, you're with um, your friends, with your family... Like, things have progressed in that way. You see kind of like a 180 from, like, before therapy, before medication. So now? Is uh, that?
1: Oh, yeah. Um, I feel extremely optimistic about That's life. Because one of the reasons why I'm really happy with my, th- my uh, psychiatrist is because he listened to me. Right. You know, he listened to me in great detail, you know, about what I was feeling. And he, you know, prescribed me something perfect for me, you know. And, you know, I... I feel great. Like, I like I have a job interview tomorrow and I feel like I can get it, yeah. <laughs> you know? And that's the attitude I want. I don't want to have to, like...
0: Doubt yourself. Pick myself
1: up during the right. day. Like, this... Honestly, like, it... So, like, you know, doing, like, my daughter's school. Like, she's, you know, she has school in the afternoon. So, like, I have to get her ready and stuff, you know, for the day. You know, so I was just dragging myself out of bed. Like, I, I, I couldn't do it anymore. I, I got tired of applying for jobs. Like, it was just emotionally taxing. And mm-hmm. to get all these rejection letters... I got my MBA this year. Mm-hmm. You know? Congratulations! Thank you. And I and I I don't feel like I accomplished anything, mm-hmm. you know, because of this year, you know. So all that stuff piling up, you know, just it, you know, just it just paralyzed me, you know. So now, like like the day I started my medication, like I woke up, I took it, and I I felt it maybe like thirty minutes later, and I just immediately – like I I think I I cleaned my entire apartment. I did my laundry.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I went grocery shopping, and I did some other stuff, and it was, and I was done by like eight thirty in the morning.
0: Wait, you was done by eight thirty in the yeah. morning, Girl, It just either.
1: it makes me really want to be busy and active, mm-hmm. right? And just be and
0: productive it, and like it, you know have a good day. The
1: oh my, science is crazy. <laughs> it is.
0: It is crazy. It is crazy. You know, it's actually very crazy. I was actually talking to a friend, and we were talking about becoming like psych MPs because it's like you know it's good to help people mm-hmm. be better that's what that that was kind of like the attitude we both have me know mm-hmm. because when i went to when i did my psych clinicals it to me it's, it's not for me but she was considering it and honestly after this conversation i might actually consider it now so really like it, it's actually because as a black woman it's like mm-hmm. you know you might have those opportunities to change somebody's life you yeah. know you don't know what your effect can have on somebody
1: I mean, you have nothing to lose. Everything in the game. By, That's true. That know. is
0: actually very true. But um, what I know you said like in social, you were being very open. How has the, you know, I mean, we found you from social media. I mean, we know you, but we found you from social media. How has that been like the, you know, the people from social media, the feedback, the people hitting you up? Like, have you got like, oh my God, me too. I'm going to start therapy mm-hmm. because of the things you said. Like, have you got any of those? Or like, what has the feedback been from people on social media, people that you don't know?
1: Um... People I don't know, it's overwhelmingly positive. Wow, Everybody has great. something nice to say. Um, people that don't follow me know who I am and randomly check up on me. Really? Yes, you know, send me DMs like just checking in. You know, these are people who some people don't even live in the country. They just just check in.
2: How does that feel? Like, uh, it feels
1: good. I mean, but when I'm depressed, like I'm just, it doesn't feel right. great in the moment because I don't know them. You know, mm-hmm. I don't have an attachment to them. Right. You know, it would feel good if... You know, someone extremely close to me or my mom or my dad said it, you know, Mm -hmm. but I appreciate it. And I, you know, I try to give resources to anybody I can. Uh, People also reach out asking, you know, how to do things or where to go. Um, A lot of people have doubts on medication. Um, Whenever I speak about medication, people always have questions. Um, A lot of people have a lot of people, like a lot of people that... um, you know i know i've known for a very long time i've reached out and they're like oh yeah i've you know tried to kill myself you know i've i have suicidal ideation you know i've never spoken about it um you know how did you get help you know i'm suffering from this and i give them you know the resources that i can um yeah it's like other people they yeah they, some people like almost like completely lost their lives cuz they did something you know something really um uh inflicting wow you know and i just show support you know and if somebody honestly if somebody has hits me up and they're like you know i want to talk about it i don't care who you are i'm going to talk wow you know I, tr- I try to do that as much as i can
0: right maybe you can make a something out of this once the world opens up i mean like one a, of the, what is it called like you know how they have like aa yeah for like kind of like anonymous meeting for mental health yeah i could be a manager see. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we should block that out because I don't know if I'm stealing my idea. <laughs> but you, that is that is very reassuring to people who don't have anybody to go to. Mm-hmm. Like I said, thank God that your parents are receptive There's somebody that nobody in their lives are receptive. Mm-hmm. You might be the only person that they can hit up and say, hey, I'm going through this. And, you know, I know you are going through the same and I need somebody to talk to. Yeah. Wow.
1: I mean, I can go through life without a hand. I can go through life without and make it without an eye and ear. I can't do anything without my mental health like, i'm not i'm not, not going to be an effective parent
0: right you know
1: i don't want my daughter um you know
0: right stifled because you of
1: you know seeing me like in some state like daddy come on like i want to go somewhere right you know and you know and and as a parent like there are days where you're like exhausted you know so like i took lana to um to the bronx zoo this weekend I had, all, I had all the energy in the world. Like I felt like I'm a better parent. Right, you felt. And I'm great. already a good parent. Right, right. <laughs> you're
0: already a great. parent. Right, you're already a nine point five out of ten. You was a nine. <laughs> you, was a, you was a ten point five on yeah. that day. Right, I get it. It's it. Oh. I mean, I'm very, 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 very happy that you found something that has made you be a, such a better person, mm-hmm. and that you did not, you know, get to the end of the rope and like I'm about to jump off and say like I need help. Like sometimes it takes an, a failed at suicide attempt for people to say shit. Mm-hmm. I'm fucked up. Yeah. yeah, I'm very happy that you have gotten the help that you need. Um, so we're going to wrap up. Do you have any closing thoughts? Usually we just say like anything you want to say, any information you want to give. Um this is a great subject to give any information if you want to share anything. But we really appreciate you coming on because I think I'll, I think this episode is very, 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 very important. Like I think one of the most important episodes we've ever done because this year was such so taxing. It's a bad if, year. If bro. people did oh not have God. triggers to this year, triggered them tremendously. Um, I'm happy you stayed afloat. Because a lot of people, you know, that didn't even deal with mental health issues before, mm-hmm. had to deal with them this year. So, um, any closing thoughts? Just anything you want um, to say? Um,
1: I would say if if you're thinking about you know going to therapy, definitely do it. If you're thinking about medication, have that conversation. You know, I've seen how it changes check changed my life. You know, if if you're one who like me, like I like my grandma, like I, I'm like I was still sad, like as it wasn't like 10 years ago you know mm-hmm. so if you're like suffering from those stuff like for me my medication you know puts the feelings back in the past where they belong like infinity stones and right. you know and i i just feel good so if you're have that conversation with your with your therapist your psychiatrist walk in like don't be scared nobody's gonna force you to take anything you don't have to take any kind of medication you don't want um you know you're not your depression you know yeah, like we are resilient people um and it only ends once anything that happens before that is the only progress right
0: um uh, you have any thoughts
3: uh really briefly no not even to get off subject um because i i think this is the last thing that we're doing for the year right? yeah <sighs> just want to remind y'all that uh, covid is still outside
0: oh yeah please just
3: please relax yeah, yeah. Oh my God! I
0: know we've yeah. all been we've all s- slipped up and went out, but um, yeah, it's easy to numbers, get fatigued because like the numbers it's been are going getting higher. So please protect yourselves.
3: Yeah. So I mean that's basically it. It's yeah. like I know like it, a lot of time is going past, and like it's easy to get acclimated to something and think, of course, is this like things are gonna change and we're gonna all gonna have to live differently moving forward, but the shit is still not under control. So I I do want to add something.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, so I am starting a couple of podcasts. Oh um, yeah, I can't wait. One I'm starting with my boy Pitt. is called Two P's in a Film Pod. Oh, um, that's one reason why I was I'm excited to be okay because I didn't I was starting to lose motivation about it. And my other podcast that I'm starting is called uh, Low Light Real, mm-hmm. um, and it is a podcast um, that where I'm going to be you know interviewing you know friends, people I find influential or successful. And talk to them about their low light reel. It's an opportunity to come, you know, keep it real talk about the low lights. Because for me, like, I hate Instagram. I hate, I hate. Instagram makes me depressed. It does.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think that uh, I always tell people just personally that Instagram is like, you know, you have this thing where, like, you're comparing yourself. You're comparing Mm. yourself. You're comparing yourself. You're comparing yourself. Me personally... My mind doesn't really work like that, but a lot of people doesn't. Like mine mm. is like I see somebody and I see if somebody else can do it, that means I can do it. Mm. So it's more like a motivational thing for me. But a lot of people don't think like that. It's the opposite. So it's like oh, let's say I see another thirty year old and she's married with three kids with a house. It's like oh my god, like <laughs> I don't have a house, I don't have kids, <laughs> I don't have a man, and it's like oh my god, I hate it. But I can see how that can be mm. affecting on people's mental health. So I 100 percent agree with you. Instagram is like literally like you said, it's the the highlight highlights. Reels, yeah, it's the highlight reels of everybody's but life. We're
1: all going through it. Like, yeah, we're all going through it. It's like. I said, that, like a lot of people message out, message me where people were like out. Just about. saying,
0: I'll be on the low life lows because I have a lot of low. I have a lot of lows. It took a, it took a while for me to become a nurse. Mm-hmm. It was it was it was not a it was not a pretty yeah it not a pretty journey. Okay, <laughs> yeah, like so I could put me down for top five mm, guests because I the lows. I, I don't even want to get into it. Anybody I know that's a nurse that they the lows are tremendous, but mm-hmm. you know I think that's a great a great thing because so many people focus on the highlights. As people sh- I mean, and I don't want to say as people should, but who wants somebody to seem at their worst? Mm-hmm. Nobody does. So nobody's gonna show that. But you know what? That's that's actually a great idea. Um yeah, so are we all wrapped up? Great. yeah i think that's we that's a, i can't wait for the podcast to drop we're so excited we really hope this motivational you know wheel keeps turning so you can get into all the podcast things you want and um guys happy yeah i can't believe it's the end of 2020 i'm so happy this year's almost over like i can't even oh my gosh yes it's december 14th we're recording this so we don't have that many days of this month left basically like what 16 days 17 mm-hmm. days but please guys I think that one thing that we want to focus on in 2021 is, like, put your goals out there. A lot of people are working from home. They are hiring people from home. Like, you know, get your mental health together. Get your, you know, your situations together. Because we want to be good for 2021. 2020 was such a shitty year for people. Let's go into 2021 strong. Um, we'll see you guys in 2021. And we hope that, you know, everyone is doing okay. All right?
1: All
2: right. All right. Later. Peace.
0: Bye.
1: Bye.